This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for your word that does not return void. Thank you, God, that we can break down the lies of the enemy. Every unbelief, every lie, everything and anything that's not of you. Thank you, Lord, that we can cast it out of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Shift us today. Move us. Align us with your word and your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say... Amen. Thank you so much. You may take your seats. So here's a picture of the church. The wider body of Christ. If we have to sum it up, it's a little bit like that. We are ready. We are dressed up for the, for, for revival, for living waters, but we're in the desert and there's nothing happening. And we're peering into the distance and we're like, one day, one day, revival will come. God, please bring revival. And then, for many, nothing. Not much happening. But we are like, one day. So in the previous service, the first service, some people actually did come with their swimming costumes. So they were like, ready. Because we're baptizing people. <laughs> so they were prophetically aligning with getting into the, into the fullness of the spirit. And so what I've, so, so there's this question, revival, when is it? Is revival, maybe tomorrow, next week, 10 years from now, when is it? What if revival is now? What if revival is right now? What if Revival is available to us right now. So I've experienced this over the last 10 years that wherever I go, the kingdom comes. Wherever I go. It's not because I'm special. It's not that I'm better than anybody else. It's just I have contended for an anointing and for faith. And I have an expectation that whenever, whenever I go somewhere, I'm like, Jesus, I know you're going to show up. Lord, I know your kingdom is going to come. God, I know that your word will not return void. Lord, I know that if I declare you, Jesus, to be the healer, people are going to get healed. If I declare you to be the savior, people are going to get saved. If I declare you to be the deliverer, people are going to get delivered. Lord, if I proclaim who you are, your kingdom will come. Revival, I believe, and I'll show you from the scriptures, is a now reality. It's available right now. But how does it work? In dead religion is always about pushing out the kingdom into a future reality. One day. Uh, sometimes I pray for people for healing and I can pick up they have no faith. And they like, we prayed and we tasted and there's no improvement yet. Then they're like, oh, well, the Lord knows one day. I'm like, no. Now, now, the kingdom is now. 
faith, real faith will always pull the kingdom into the now. And we see this, how Jesus lived. You see, we need to live according to what scripture says, not according to the unbelieving church culture in our world. Our, our, our nation is sick with dead religion. And dead religion means unbelief. And unbelief means it's always one day in the future and we don't realize what we have now. Real faith says it is now. Healing is now. Freedom is now. Salvation is now. The word of God says that this is the day of salvation. In John chapter 4, Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman and uh, at the well. And then uh, she went out and the whole town came out to, to meet with Jesus. And what did Jesus say? The harvest fields are ripe. They are ready now. But then he said to them, but you say three months from now. You say one day harvest time. Jesus saying, it is now. That is the difference between unbelief and faith. Flesh and faith. So I want to challenge our thinking this morning. I want to challenge us. I know for some of us it's going to be like, woo-wee. Those who have been with us for a while, it'll be a little bit easier. But I want to, I want to look at what does the scripture actually say? What did Jesus do for us? And let's access that and not allow, because what's happening, people are looking at the environment like they prayed for something, nothing happened. So it's probably not the will of God. We change our theology according to our lack of experience. Instead of looking at the scriptures and allowing God's word to define our faith. Okay, so revival. So in the desert, one day, and we're hoping, we're hoping for one day, we're hoping for one day. So many people find themselves in that spiritual desert, but they don't realize that what God has already done for us, what Jesus has already done for us, looks more like this. Here's a picture of a dam. Aha. That is a picture of grace. All those waters. Living waters, life-giving waters. That is what Jesus died for. He paid it. He paid for it. He paid for salvation and healing and deliverance and inner healing. And he, he paid for it all and he's made grace available. That's what he has done. When Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? He said, it is finished. It's been done. So in Jesus, grace has been made available. Grace, grace, unmerited, undeserved favor and heavenly empowerment. But those waters represent the, the life-giving grace of God. It represents healing. It represents salvation. It represents deliverance. It represents all that Jesus won for us at the cross. Grace. But now, grace alone is not enough. Because if the waters remain there, it's wonderful, but we're not tasting it. We're not experiencing it. You know, you're in the desert day and you're like, one day, one day. It should look more like this. The next slide. Those waters 
should gush forth. Those living waters. So what is the defining factor? The waters in the dam, that is grace. Opening up the sluice gates. You can look at it from different angles, but in its essence, it is faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in what Jesus has done. Faith in who he is. Faith in his word and his promises. Saying, it is finished. Saying, by his stripes you have been healed. And verse after verse, promise after promise of what the Lord has already made available to us. But it is through faith that we access. It is by faith that we open these sluice gates. I want to help us. How do we open those sluice gates? How do we open those sluice gates? You know, I mean, as I say, unbelief is like one day. Faith is now. There was a lady and her husband. They're like 85, 86 years old. And they heard that Jesus heals here. So they drove two hours to be here. Two weeks ago. No, last week. Sorry, last week, Sunday. So they came at the end of the service and we prayed for them. Multiple conditions in both of their bodies. I'm mean, 85, 86 years old. So the lady, 40 years ago, a boat drove over her. I presume in the water. <laughs> That's my assumption. <laughs> Boat drove over her, massive back problems, multiple operations. For 40 years, she's had back problems. She comes because she believes that there's grace on this house to bring healing. Pray with her. We're releasing the life-giving waters of Jesus Christ over her and her husband. Some other conditions weren't healed, but her back was healed. She felt like a fire running down her spine and she was like down touching her, the floor or her feet or whatever. And she was healed. Three days later, she contacted me and said, I am healed. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Living waters, not us. We can't heal anybody, can't heal a headache. But you and I can release, we can open the sluice gates, and we can release that which Jesus had, has paid for already into somebody's life. But it's only by faith. It's only by believing what Jesus has done. He paid for healing. He paid for deliverance. He paid for salvation. He paid for inner healing. He paid for it all. He has done it all. It is finished. It is finished. But then he's looking for a believer. Come on, say it. I'm a believer. He's looking for believers who can open the sluice gates so that those waters can flow forth. Because you need to know what God has already done. But so many people are beggars. Like begging God to do something that he said, but I've already done it. I've already made available. Just open the sluice gates. And this is real. I mean, I, I'm, fa- I face, I'm facing this reality continuously. In this week, one of our guys in church, Corbus Kortzer, had a massive stroke. He can't speak. Half of his body paralyzed. His wife and teenager, kids. It, it is a crisis. So Friday evening, we're there. We're going to pray for him. We're going to push in for this. We're going to trust Jesus for for this healing because this is an absolute crisis for them as a family. 
But so you can't go into that bedroom unsure of what you have. Because you're going to have nothing. You have to step in there and you say, Jesus, I thank you that you have already paid for this healing. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you live within me and us. You are here and we're not begging you because nowhere in scripture do we see people begging God for healing. They command it in Jesus' name. The Lord delegates his authority to us. It comes and lives on the inside of us. And then he says, now release the living waters. Release healing and freedom. So you have to know there's no time now to like, to like go and get something. You have to believe that you have it. You have to believe it. I mean, that's what the scriptures say. In Luke chapter 10 and other verses, the Lord says he, uh, Jesus commissioned his disciples. He says, go, go and heal the sick. Go and cast out devils. And he says, freely you have received, freely give. Come on, say have received. Have received, freely give. Now that's massive. That's kingdom mindset. You have it. So release it by faith. Compared to dead religion, it's like we're begging God for something that he has already done and already made available to us. No. Let's contend for faith. I'm trusting the Lord to unlock faith today. I'm trusting the Lord for Quibus' healing in Jesus' name. I'm trusting for us as a church to step out like this Thursday evening. If you want to learn how to pray for others, if you want to learn how to release healing, come. We're going to equip. We're going to equip people. It's time to discover what Jesus has already given to us. Let's step out. Let the kingdom come. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's not die in the desert without. So what if, what if? Because often we were like, hey, we were, we like one day we will arrive. What if you have already arrived? What if you have already arrived at your destination? What's the destination? Who is the destination? Jesus. Jesus, right? Okay, I'm going to show you from the scriptures now. Obviously, one day when the kingdom of God is concluded and Jesus returns, that is the ultimate fulfillment when we will be with God in heaven. But let's look at what the scriptures say in terms of what we already have in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I'm reading that and I'm like, He who is in Christ. Come on, say in Christ. Now that sounds to me like I've arrived at my destination. I am in Christ. And the scriptures also that Christ is in us through the Holy Spirit. Then it says there as well. He is a new creation. Not he will be one day a new creation. He is a new creation. It's done. All things have come on say have that's past tense that it has been done have 
passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is like Jesus saying, it is finished. It is, it has been done. But you know, I said, but Andre, doesn't feel like it. How does this work? All things don't feel new. It's like when you give your life to Jesus and you're overweight, you give your life to Jesus, guess what? You're still overweight. You were short, you're still short. You were stupid. Uh, well, we become less stupid with Jesus. He gives us wisdom. So what is this speaking about? It is speaking about your spirit. You are a three-part being, according to 1 Thessalonians 5. A three-part being, you are a spirit being, you have a soul, a mind, and you live in a body. So when it says you are a new creation, it's not saying your physical body. Because that will be ultimately the day you enter heaven, you receive a new body. That will be concluded one day in your physical being. And your mind... Is it instantly renewed the moment you give your life to Jesus? No. I was a mess when I gave my life to Jesus. Absolute mess. But in the moment you commit your life to Jesus, when you are born again, your spirit is made new. Perfect. New creation. All things are new. All things have passed away. You are completely renewed in your spirit. Our minds just battle to get it. And that's where the process comes in. The process of sanctification takes time. But in the moment you connect, give your life to Jesus, you are born again. You are completely new. New creation. Come on, say, I'm a new creation. Ah, oh, this is good news. This is good news. So in your spirit, you receive in that moment... You receive purity, holiness. The righteousness of Jesus is imparted to us into our spirit being, into our spirit man. It is wonderful. You are now in Christ. So when Father God looks at you, who does he see? He sees Jesus. You are not God. I am not God. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying your spirit being has been fully renewed, washed clean, made holy and righteous. The word of God says that you have received the righteousness of Jesus. He becomes your righteousness. His, his perfection becomes yours. That gives us great boldness. So many believers struggle with con- condemnation and shame and guilt. Never good enough. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't fasted enough. I haven't read the word of God enough. I've sinned. I'm so terrible. Jesus, forgive me. I'm horrible. And yes, on the outside, in your flesh, there is no good thing. The Bible speaks about our righteousness. It's filthy rags. Absolutely. If you try to come to God by your own good works, that offends God. Self-righteousness, saying, Lord, I'm coming to you based on my works, offends God. Self-righteousness, that our own righteousness, that's filthy rags. Doesn't bless God. Self-righteousness is the only sin that God cannot forgive. That's why it's such a fight with the Pharisees. He didn't fight with the prostitutes. He didn't fight with the sinners. He fought with those who were self-righteous. Thinking I can come by my own good works. You can't. 
That's filthy rags. But there's in your spirit, the moment you are born again, you are made new. You are a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is. Come on, say is. Is a new creation. Is, not will be. It's not 50 years later that I'm going to be a mature Christian and then I'm a new creation. No, it is like that moment, childlike faith, you surrender to Jesus. God, I give you my life. Boom, miracle. Greatest miracle we can ever see is just one soul turning to Christ. Spirit renewed, awakened to God. It's beautiful, but now there needs to be this, this journey of of growth that needs to come in the mind. And this is where the fight is. This is where the faith problem lies. It isn't here. It is here where the challenge lies. So we need to contend for, for that. So a few weeks ago, I shared about you know, the, 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 the two pictures about the boxing ring of the flesh. It's like when you live by your own abilities, by flesh, that's when the enemy clops you. That's when you get into trouble. And then there's the waterfall of the spirit where you just enjoy everything that God has done for you. And then the kingdom of God comes. So there's flesh and there's faith. When you're in the flesh, you're in the desert. Spiritual desert. It's not working. And then there's faith. Trusting in everything God has done that Jesus has done. So that's where the Lord wants you and me to dwell. So look at this 1 John 4, 17. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness. You see that boldness in the day of judgment, not because of our perfect behavior, but because of what God has done in us. And then it says, because as he is, as Jesus, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we. Not one day in this world. Now that gives you a confidence. Again, I'm not saying you, you and I are God. I'm saying the Lord, we are our spirit. When you, when you are born again, you are made new. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes. God comes and lives in you. Christ in you. So your spirit and the spirit of Christ become one. And that says then you are like him. You are like him. And then the life of Jesus can flow through us. That dam, just put on the, 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 the picture again of the dam. Then those rivers of living waters can flow forth. But you have to open the sluice gates. Amen? You have to open the sluice gates. How do you do it? Primarily by faith. You have to contend for your thinking. Aligning your thinking with scripture. Aligning your speech with what the word of God says. Aligning your heart and mind with who Jesus is. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is the savior. That's who he is. And he paid for it. It is our inheritance as believers to release the living waters. Amen. As he is, so are we in this world. And that means because, because your spirit is, a, is, is, is intertwined with God's Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means you are connected to unlimited living waters. Unlimited living waters. You have to get this. Because what most of Christianity is about, God, I don't know what your will is, so I'm begging you. But if you see how Jesus lived, he didn't, he lived differently. Go, go read the, the gospels again. When Jesus went around, how did he live? He lived as his revival is now. He lived as if kingdom now. What did Jesus say? The kingdom is at hand. Repent 
and believe. And then he'll heal the sick. He'll set people free. He said the kingdom is now, is at hand. Jesus gave us an example of how we're supposed to live. And Jesus didn't do his miracles as God. He did his miracles as a man fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So by the blood of the lamb, we are cleansed. We are perfected. We are made new. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can release these living waters into people's lives. And I've seen this over the years. I mean, there's been multiple times in meetings where everybody got healed. Multiple meetings where everybody with a whatever condition was healed. So I'm like, why should this happen only every now and again? We see it in, in, in Mexico with David Hogan's ministry, more than 500 people raised from the dead. So I'm like God, one stroke victim, that is nothing for that mind to be resurrected, those parts of the brain that has been dead. So if God can do that somewhere else in terms of raising the dead, why can't he do it here? If we would just create the right environment, if we would just shift our unbelief into faith and contend for opening these sluice gates, I believe all things become possible. Come on. Let's pursue the more. So last week, um, we had a couple, uh, I didn't realize they're in the service, but uh, they are pastors from, from our churches in Cape Town. And so the couple was here and they came afterwards to come and speak to me. And they've been following us, you know, like they, I think, read my book and following online a little bit of Fivefold Ministry Academy, some of the videos. Anyway, they come and, and, and they say, hey, we, could you pray for us? We, we want more of God. So I'm like, I didn't have big expectations. I'm like, cool, you know, let's pray. So we pray for them. The next moment, it feels like all of heaven breaks out. I mean, they start, the girl starts screaming as the power of God comes upon. The tears are running. They're on their knees before the Lord. They are having an encounter with Jesus. It's like the sluice gates open and there's rivers of life just flooded in. See, I don't know them. I don't know the background story or whatever. Spoke to them the next few days and they say to me, it's like been five years in coming where they've been seeking the Lord Reading and watching and learning from different people. And then they say in that one moment, five years of preparation was fulfilled. An encounter with the living God. Amen. Come on, rivers of living waters flooding forth. In that moment, people receive an impartation of grace in their being. As heaven comes down. That is what God wants to do. Through all of us, he wants rivers of life to flow forth through us. So the, the waters there at the top is grace. The opening of the sluice gates by faith. By faith, you have to contend. You have to contend by faith. And so this reveals everything that God has already done. The grace. As the word of God says, you have been healed by his stripes. You have been healed by his Sacrifice by the, the beating Jesus received. You have been healed. It has been done. The grace has been made available. Now you just need to receive it. You need to receive it. You need to receive it. And I know that's a challenge for some because we're like, Oh, well, we're not seeing it. We prayed and nothing happened. And, and, 
and we allow our lack of experience to define our theology. I'm like, but what if everyone in the house would shift the unbelieving mindset into wholehearted faith? What if every one of us would position ourselves in a place where we live according to what Jesus has already done for us and we begin to believe that even through my prayers, the kingdom of God can, through your prayers, the kingdom of God can come. I believe it's going to be, it's going to impact this city like we haven't imagined. Revival will break out in the city if we catch this. Okay. So what if you have already arrived? Because you're in Christ. Come on, say it. I have arrived. You have arrived. You have arrived. You have arrived. That's available to you right now. Christ in you. Christ through you. So how do we grow in faith? Here's one, one, one way of growing in faith. Be faithful with what you have. You see, the, the, the growth journey of faith, we're all on a different phase in our growth. It's like the uh, King David. He first killed the bear. Then he killed the lion and then he tackled Goliath. He increased in faith to see, to see that breakthrough, to see, so there's this bro, this, this growth process. So how do you grow? Be faithful with what you have. Be, take that next step of obedience. There is sufficient grace for the next step of obedience. Start moving, start stepping out, like join us on Thursday night and learn how to pray for others or come and just come to receive healing. Revival is now. I, I love how the one guy said it like this. He said, it is so much easier to release something that you believe you already have than to go get something that you don't have. It is so much easier to release something that you believe you already have than to go get something that you don't have. In other words, when you pray for somebody, like say for healing, I have found that when I believe that I carry this grace upon my life, then the kingdom comes. But if I'm like unsure, double-minded, don't know, very little happens. So you have to believe. And I like this uh, illustration. So imagine for a moment you over here and the pulpit is healing. That's where healing happens. That's where freedom happens. That's where salvation, that, that, that. So you're like, you're standing over here saying, one day I will be healed. One day I will experience the healing power of Jesus. Or one day I'm going to be set free. One day that's going to happen. Well, it's a good start to believe it. Okay. So not, not so bad. But what if, what if, what if you're already here? What if you have been healed? Through Jesus Christ, you just need to receive the grace now by faith. I know that messes with our heads, but it's so beautiful. It sounds like Jesus when it messes with your head. What if you're already here? Jesus already paid for your freedom. Just receive it. Jesus already paid for your healing. Now just receive it by faith. That's how we see Jesus function. That's how the apostles and the disciples function. But there's the other, all these other voices that we are hearing in church world that wants to counter this. Oh, miracles broke, did they stop with the apostles? And no, you can't like, no, but why isn't what? There's so much unbelief and confusion in the body of Christ that we don't realize what we already have. What if you have already arrived? Because he lives in you. 
Christ in you. I mean, is, is that just a nice theory? It's so symbolic. So wonderful. Christ in me. I'm like, what the heck? If he's in you, come on, let's see the evidence of Christ in you. So if he's in you and you speak in his name, things should happen. Kingdom should come. Mountains should move. Devils should flee. Sickness should go. And this is for everybody. This is for every believer that's willing to contend for faith. What if you and I have already arrived? I want to stir your faith. Come on. I am trusting the Lord for a measure of grace in and through this house to see mind-blowing miracles to the glory of Jesus. We've seen many, but we want more. Because there's more. There's more. There's more of what God wants to do. So it's so much easier to release something that you believe you have. Come on, say it. I have already been healed through Christ, through his stripes. Amen. The, 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 the dam is there. The, the rivers of grace. Just, just open the sluice gates. Just open the sluice gates through faith. I love the statement. I'm not fighting to be healed. I'm fighting because I have already been healed. I'm not fighting to be healed. I'm fighting because I've already been healed. Jesus has already done it. If we just have one touch from his presence, this grace that flows through, it will manifest. Again, it shifts the mindset. We're not begging God to do something. We are just releasing what he has already done for us. So how do we grow in faith? As I said, be faithful with what God has Given you. Here's another verse. Ephesians 4, 17 to 18. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. That speaks about the carnal mind, fleshly mind. What's the carnal mind? The carnal mind is I live by my physical senses. I live by this reality, the natural reality, not by the higher reality. Every time we live by the higher reality, we see the kingdom come. Revival is now. So he says, don't live in the futility of your minds, having your understanding darkened, being alienated or disconnected from the life of God. That's a living in the desert kind of thing, alienated because of the ignorance, the lack of knowledge, that is in because of the blindness of their heart. So that reveals... Why we have to be born again. Your spirit comes alive. Suddenly you can see better. You can, you can see in the spirit. You can become aware of God. And it says if you live by the futility of the natural mind, you're going to miss out. So you need to live by a higher measure. How do we open the sluice gates? By faith. Look at this. John 7, 38. This is basically the key scripture of my book called Increasing Heaven's Flow. And it says, this is Jesus speaking. It says, he... Who believes in me? As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Boom. He who believes. He who believes. That's the way the fight is at. That's where the, 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 we need to open those sluice gates. He who believes, not he who is awesome. He who has been saved for 50 years. He, no, it's just he who believes. As the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So revival is not out there somewhere. It is in here. 
by the spirit of Christ that flows through us. If you want to see Jesus show up tangibly in your life, you need to position yourself in a place where, where these rivers of living waters from that dam, those sluice gates open up and then rivers of life flow through you for the glory of God. So it's not out there, it's in here. What does it mean? That means revival is now. Any moment, wherever you go, you're going to the shop and you're just listening and your Holy Spirit whispers, speak to that person, share with him. Or you just got to give them a word there or pray for that person. And suddenly revival breaks out. The kingdom comes. People come alive in Christ. So it's not, it's not out there. So how do you grow in faith? Second key, pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit often. So the verse is not on the screen. But it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying, praying in the spirit. You know how I live these days? Most mornings, two to three hours of praying in the spirit, meditating on the word. I can feel my capacity increasing. I can feel the tangible presence of God, his presence increasing on my life. My faith goes up, his presence increases and God moves. God moves. Okay? So building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit continuously. You know, I know some of us are like, Andre, I'm just trying to survive. I'm not even looking at miracles and praying for others. I'm just trying to cope with my addictions and my sinful patterns and my struggles and my depression and, 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 and stuff. So where do you start? Now you're going to love this next verse. Galatians 2.20. Because this is the two things. The one is the flesh that blocks the flow of life. And then there's faith that opens it up. Flesh is that sinful tendency in all of us to do wrong. To think stupid. To do wrong. To be in these, these, these cycles of struggling with things. How do you overcome that? Well, I have good news. Look at this. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Come on, say it. I have been crucified with Christ. Look at this. This is powerful. It is no longer I who live. Now, this speaks about the flesh. But Christ lives in me. Jesus lives in us. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in my physical being, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith. Who loved me and gave himself for me. So what is this saying? This morning we baptized people. They were baptized. And baptism represents dying to self as they go under the water. It's like the old them stays behind. They rise up into new life. That is the miracle of the new birth. It is a symbolic of what has already been done. The old you is dead. Come on, say the old me is dead. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Because we don't like the old you. Okay, the old you, the sinful one, the unbelieving one, the sinful patterns and addictions and struggling always with self and torn in two. You're just like, hey, you're dead. Stay on the altar. Don't get up. 
the flesh, the sinful you is dead, already crucified with Christ. It has been done. But now you have to activate, you have to access it by faith. You have to speak to yourself. You say, hey, stop it. Temptation, go jump. I'm dead. Addiction, go jump in the name of Jesus. Jesus has paid for this. I have been crucified with Christ. I will not be a victim to this patterns of addiction and sin habits or whatever else. I I am dead. I have been crucified with Christ. Come on, say it. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm sure a few spouses are like, praise God, yes. My husband's dead, he's dead, he's dead. In like the old him, the old, old him, old him is dead. This is powerful. Because it means that you are not trying to die, your sinful, selfish you. You are dead by faith. So by faith, the sluice gates open up and the grace of God floods into you and suddenly addictions are broken. Sinful patterns are broken. You find yourself in freedom. And then it says, but now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God. Now, no, some of you are like, oh, I don't have faith. Andre, all these things must be by faith, but I don't have faith. I'm so struggling in my mind. I don't, I don't have the faith that you're talking about. Now I have more good news. Some translations of this passage says it is not only I live by faith in the Son of God. It says I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, when you are born again and empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus imparts his faith into your spirit. You have it. You have it. You must not just grow it and develop it and mature it and use it, but you have the faith of God with you. I've, I've experienced this so many times in my life. I'm like, I don't know why I have faith for this. This is nuts. This is nuts. This is nuts. And then I step out and then Jesus shows up. The kingdom of God comes. Guys, this is massive. If you, if you and I would embrace this, that the, that the old you has been crucified and that you have already arrived, you're already here, you have already received it, it is yours just by faith, allow it to be released through your life, it would revolutionize your life, it would revolutionize us as a church if we start living in this reality. But you see, there's a fight. There's a fight, there's a contention. The enemy wants, doesn't want us to believe. And there are all these other voices, it's called religious voices or dead religion that is speaking, even demonic voices that are speaking, saying, stay away, be afraid. No, don't receive it. So I had a, a Zoom call with a pastor's couple from Cape Town. I'm going to, I felt, you know, to go minister there later in the year to go and help their church move forward because they're struggling. So now I have the Zoom call with them. And then they say to me, we've known one, I know them for like 20 years. And they're like, Andre, we, we must be honest. We are terrified of you coming. We are scared. We are scared that everybody's going to leave the church. <laughs> I'm like, well, most churches tend to grow when I come visit, you know. But there's these voices of fear saying, and that's how it works in the kingdom of God. There are people that are anointed of the Holy Spirit, stepping out by faith, pushing to see the kingdom of God come. And then the enemy is like, everybody stay away. I was reading this morning. It said like Jesus, when he started with his ministry, <laughs> just as he was starting with his ministry, it says there, his people, 
like the people that's connected, those who knew Jesus, his people believed that he has lost his mind. And then it says in the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were like, whatever's happening, it's demonic. They did that to Jesus. They're going to do it to us as well. The enemy, there's these voices at these sluice gates. There are these voices that want to keep us away. These voices that want to say, no, this isn't, no, it doesn't work like this. It can't be because we're not experiencing it. No, what does the word of God say? Let's build our lives on the word of God, not on the unbelieving culture and unbelieving theology that so many people embrace. So I want to warn you, don't listen to the voice of the enemy or you're going to die a miserable, lonely death in the spiritual desert. Embrace the word of God. Start proclaiming the word of God in your life. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live my flesh. No, it is Jesus lives in me. Hallelujah. And therefore, things are going to happen. I'm going to pray the kingdom comes. I'm going to speak and mountains are going to move. I'm going to release the, I'm going to open these sluice gates. I'm going to contend for faith. Amen. The fight is here. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the enemy. Live by the faith of the son of God. Another way of growing in faith, ending off with this, is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Be thankful for what you already have. Be thankful for what Jesus has already done. We say, Lord, I thank you that you have won it. You have overcome. You have paid for this. Lord, I receive live in that, in, in, in that reality. Last verse, 1 Peter 1 13. It says, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Guard your mind. Don't allow the enemy to whisper. Don't allow unbelief to define your thinking. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Don't fall for the schemes of the enemy and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Rest your hope fully upon the grace, these living waters from the dam, the grace, these living waters that will come to you at what? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. At seeing a glimpse of Jesus. You want to increase your faith? Like nothing else, see Jesus. Just see a fresh glimpse from him, from the scriptures or in worship. Just see him, that he is good, that he is love, that he is the healer, that he is, he is deliverance, that he is for us. He has overcome everything at the cross. Get a fresh revelation of who he is and suddenly those sluice gates are going to open up. When, whenever I travel, I, I'm just looking for Jesus. I almost sometimes don't even see the people. I'm just, Jesus, what are you doing? I just want to see you. And when I see you, when I hear your voice, the kingdom comes. The sluice gates open. Revival breaks out. Amen. Come on, say it. I want to see Jesus. That's the key. You can't not have faith when you see Jesus. And he is here. He said, I am with you until the end of the age. He is here through his Holy Spirit. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with us. And he lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the sluice gates open and the kingdom of God comes. Man, I tell you, if we would get this, East London will not be the same again. Amen. 
This is not about super preachers and so awesome. Andre is awesome or whatever else. It's not. I'm nothing. This is available to all of us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That's what the word of God says. How about believing it? Same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.